0: But yeah, Reina's I'm just
1: being, a piece of shit, now.
0: I'm just a fucking piece of shit. I'm not gonna.
1: Probably got it from my dad
2: or something. <laughs> You're put it on your dad.
1: <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to Manic Talks. We're back for another video conference on Zoom, and today we have a special guest, uh, Reina.
0: Hi, I'm Reina. So, the reason why
1: we're bringing on a guest today is because our plan is to have different guests come on who bring interesting perspectives and things like that so that we can discuss. Reina, would you like I'm to introduce in yourself?
0: Okay. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. You Sorry,
2: introduce yourself, Nadine. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm Nadine.
2: <laughs> I'm Mond. Hello.
0: Hi, I'm Reina. Um, I'm about to finish my degree in psychology at King's College London. I'm supposed to be in London right now, but because of COVID-19, I'm here back home in Malaysia. I'm here today to basically discuss things like mental health and studying abroad as well because I think a lot of people are starting to do that a lot more often now.
1: So what is your experience studying abroad in the UK for the last three years? Do you feel Very like it's better than studying in Malaysia? Better,
0: um, yeah. in some aspects, I guess. Like the lifestyle there is very different. And I also think that you you need a certain quality to be able to deal with the changes and be able to thrive there. Because I know a lot of like Malaysians or like actually a lot of study abroad students in general who like can't handle being in a completely different country and like being on their own and
1: like right. their whole lifestyle change. Um. Yeah. And also just like- I would say I was it. one of those people. To a certain extent, it was, but also I'm a bit confused about whether it was the fact that I couldn't deal with change or whether there were underlying reasons that were yeah. hindering me from being alone and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I think when
0: I like moved abroad, I was just really, really excited cause it was like, it's always been a dream of mine to like get out of Malaysia and like explore more things. I think that's also why like I told myself to try not to mix with just Malaysians cuz like mm-hmm. sometimes they tend to be a bit cliquish which is fine like you do you but for me i really wanted to meet a lot of different people and like i learned so much more about just like the world in general in this past 3 years than i have my whole life because of just meeting so many different types of people all over the world mm. i would say i have one malaysian friend that's it everyone else is like from a completely different country. And I think it's really, really cool because you realize how small you are, you know, in, in in the perspective of like looking at how big the world is. And like everyone actually gets along, even though like our lifestyles and like our cultures are completely different. And I know it seems like a very general thing to say and like a very like, oh yeah, no shit right now. But like, I think you guys can kind of understand where I'm coming from because you both have studied abroad
1: before as well. Um, has, yeah. has Raymond studied abroad?
0: Yeah. You I mean you went for like six months, no?
1: Yeah. No.
2: I went for one no month. No
1: he didn't. He oh, went for one month. month. And it wasn't oh, for okay. studying.
2: He ended holiday, <laughs> he's not studying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you were there
0: though. But I swear I thought it was longer than a month.
2: <laughs> I thought yeah, it was, it was just some course months, or something. Actually. But uh, you were saying about the lifestyle change as you were transitioning from here in Malaysia to studying abroad in the UK. Sorry, which part of the UK again? London, right?
0: London, yeah. Straight up. Okay, Central so London.
2: What were some of the changes that you had to go through while you were making that transition?
0: Um, I think in general, like a lifestyle thing is just like having to take care of yourself more often. Cause I'm very mm. spoiled here at home. Like I have a kaka and my mom like mm-hmm. treats me like a little baby. So I never had to like do laundry or like clean stuff up or like do the dishes or cook. So when I went there and I was like, oh my God, where's my mom? Like I was so <laughs> so not used to it at all. And I had to like take care of myself. Um, but also just like culturally, it's really different there as well. Um, the other so, thing is yeah. that public transport there is a lot better which I really like Oh, yeah. because it makes yeah. it easier for so many people to travel. But at do the you same even time- drive? Do,
1: you, do you even yeah, drive? Yeah, do you drive here? Sometimes, I was thinking... very rarely, very rarely, yeah. but I do, do sometimes. How come? Is it because your parents don't, don't trust you or what?
0: My parents don't trust me in general as a human being. Uh, so am not kidding. It's because you're uh, so small. <laughs> it's because I'm so small. There's just no viable car for me to drive, okay? So I have to drive I my see. friend's cars and also food. Mm-hmm. Food is very different. I think that, that was one of the things that made me really, really, really homesick. I couldn't stand the there.
2: homesickness for yes. a little bit. What other factors do you think drove you to be homesick, assuming that you, you did get homesick?
0: Yeah, I did. Um, I think within the first month of moving, I was crying every day for like straight up two months or something because I was just really, really homesick. I mean, yeah, I guess in a general sense, it's just the whole feeling of comfort, right? Like, I've been here for, like, 20 years, and I'm so used to the life here. So whenever, like, I don't know, I have, like, a shitty time or something, I can just, like, call up a friend and be like, oh, can we meet? Or, like, I go up to my mom and be like, oh, I'm not feeling that great. But when you're in a whole ass different continent, and you want to find that like source of comfort and like someone to lean on and you can't get it, it's really, really, really hard. So I think that was, yeah, yeah, that was one of the things that made me very
1: homesick. Can I ask something? Yeah. No. Okay. So, oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, joking. So like, okay, you've been clinically diagnosed with depression before, right? Yeah. And that's really important that you've been clinically diagnosed and stuff like that. Uh, to talk about this. But do you feel like your mental health and having depression played a huge part in you moving overseas? Did it play any part in how you dealt with it or any? Right, oh yeah, 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 of course. Yeah,
0: again, even when I'm here and I'm like basically in my element, even then when I struggle a lot, it is really, really difficult because it's hard for you to reach out and, you know, a lot of things that we can get into later. But at least there was that sense of home and that sense of comfort. But when I was there, it was really bad whenever I felt like I was, you know, going through like a depressive episode or something because I just didn't want to worry a lot of people because they were so far away from me and they feel like they couldn't do anything which kind of goes into a cycle because you feel responsible for that like you feel responsible that they feel bad so you don't tell them anything but then that just makes you feel worse and it like becomes a whole cycle and the other thing is just not being able to take care of yourself like i have definitely had instances over the past three years where i didn't leave my house or my bed for like weeks and i'd shower like once a week i'd just be in bed all day i barely ate like i didn't want to see anybody, I didn't wanna talk to anybody, I wouldn't pick up calls from my parents, like that kind of thing. Scary. It's very scary, yeah. Which is why I definitely think there should be a lot more support in um, international students
1: when it comes to- Yeah, you know what really sucks? Getting help, like, therapy and stuff, counseling, anything, your first option is to go to your uni counselor. But you know how fucking hard it is to get an appointment and then to get the nerve to go and talk to someone about the problems that you're already so scared to face. Even admit to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's such a flawed system to me because I've been through the same thing when I was in Australia. I tried mm -hmm. to see uni counselor. Mm -hmm. I, I could, I would get like appointment in a month and then I would feel yeah. like oh do i even want to make this appointment yeah i'm sure i'll feel better in a month i'm just exaggerating or things like that mm-hmm.
2: i think it really depends on the extent of support that you are given by the university like sunway mm. is you can see, is not a they, they don't really push that you seek a counselor if you are in mm. need of help you can get an appointment easily you can just like contact someone uh through their website or how you go about it and mm. just make an appointment next week
1: Why is it so Um, easy at Sunway? Yeah, why is it so
0: easy? Like for us, you send them like a form and then you have to wait for a couple of weeks for them to get back to you to assess you again. And then you wait a while more for them to decide what they want to do with you. And then you wait like a good six to eight weeks to get an appointment. And that is just with your uni counsellor. Once you see the uni counsellor, they're like, okay, um, because you can't, continuously see a counselor because they're not like a therapist, they'll send you over to the NHS, which is the National Health Service um, in the UK, which is free for um, yeah all UK residents. And then you have to contact them. They'll give you another assessment and then they'll give you an appointment, which would take again another six to eight weeks. Um, I've waited three This is so daunting for like a
1: normal person. Imagine someone who is having a hard time coming in your day to day life, right? Exactly. And if you want to get quick results,
0: you see a private therapist, which will cost you like two hundred pounds mm. an hour. So
1: expensive. <laughs> per session, <laughs> per, people per are gonna feel guilty yeah. just for going.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is not cheap, man. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But I want to just share a little bit of my personal experience Even though it is easy to get an appointment in Sunway With a university counsellor Which is for free mm-hmm. But like I recently had a very fucking bad experience With a university counsellor Where I went to see her once a week mm-hmm. And like she would tell me about her problems <laughs> so, <laughs> what? She would tell me about her life issues And stuff in her growing up In her childhood and like halfway through the second session, I was thinking, hmm, did I sign up for this? <laughs> did I come here to, listen to other people's <laughs> oh problems?
1: Oh my god,
0: that's messed up. I have never heard that yeah, so messed that is
1: up. Terrible. <laughs> so we've already established that you've been clinically diagnosed with depression. And some people may not understand how different depression can be from just feeling depressed or feeling sad. Depression can be this sadness and this inability to function in day-to-day life mm-hmm. that is stemming not from something that has an external cause. To say like sadness, you can be yeah. sad and you feel grief about something that's happened in your life. Mm-hmm. But depression, there's like you don't have an easy answer to why you're feeling this way. And there's so many different causes. There's still the debate. Definitely genetics plays a part and environment plays a part to what extent, and there's so many different types of treatment. Mm -hmm. And have you used any kinds of treatment?
0: Uh, Yeah, so um, I underwent basically psychotherapy and I'm on medication right now.
1: So even with- So what is psychotherapy?
0: Yeah, so psychotherapy is basically just you um, sitting down with a certified therapist. It's not like a counselor. With a counselor, you sit and you talk about what's going on with your life and how mm. it affects you and stuff. But with therapy, they have different types of therapeutic treatment, which would differ from person to person. So one of the like main things that a lot of people use is CBT, which is... Mm.
2: Cognitive behavioral therapy.
0: (laughs) Yay! Uh, No, yeah, so CBT is a a very common thing, which is what Mm. I went through. It's basically Mm. just about reforming the way that you think because one of Mm. the main things about depression is that it's a very, very internal thing. And basically, Mm. I think with any mental health disorder, your brain is your enemy, which is really messed up Mm. because you are your brain. But your brain is your enemy and (laughs) sometimes it tells you things that aren't true, but you believe it because it's coming from your own thought. So with CBT, one of the things that I had to do was to change the way, because if you grow up thinking a certain way your entire life, it's a very immediate pathway in your brain. That's what my therapist told me anyway. And so if you keep doing that, that that pathway gets stronger and stronger. And so with CBT, you have to learn how to break that path and change it into a different way. So yeah, that's CBT. And then there's also things like psychodynamic stuff, um, but some that's Freudian like shit. some Freudian shit. But that goes all the way. I oh, fucking yeah. hate Freud. He was a cokehead. I also don't really
1: like Freud. Man, you guys
2: are all. Like, like I think no, I think like, no, I thinking,
1: I think, like it's a very. I I, I understand <laughs> no, 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 no. that he created a basis. All I get that he's like revolutionary. Into... The thing is, I think we could have done it without him. I really I could have
0: figured it Because what has him. he given to us? that? Make... Because if if you go, if you open any psych textbook, they're like, oh, Freud,'s so revolutionary. He did a bunch of coke and he came up with all these theories about penises. And then the next thing you know, it's like, but now we don't use any of this shit because it's been debunked and we realize that it's all just bullshit. People used to this think one. that the earth was flat. Let me just say that, Okay.
1: No, people still think that.
0: Yeah, and people still think that Freud is a great guy.
2: (laughs) Flat earth aside, (laughs) Freud has contributed so much more to the field of psychology beyond penises. You know, he about the subconscious. He spoke about dreams, spoke about motivation and intentions. And like, although a lot of it is not relevant today, but it did build the foundation to what, we understand in psychology mm. right now. I mean, the shit that we learn, a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, for sure.
1: From,
0: um, I understand just, that. To, one be guy's fair, mind. to be fair, mm. like it's still quite relevant now. Like, as in, some people still use psychodynamic techniques. Some people still use like hypnosis and stuff like that. So I can't shit on it that much, but still, fuck Freud. Dude,
2: <laughs> no, I think um, this is a bit. Irrelevant, Only for
1: yeah, it's, it's, Roy it's, it's because it's of his dumb
2: stuff. <laughs> <All> <laughs> his dumb stuff. <laughs> anyway, had, so because of his dumb stuff and like absorb all the good shit, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I for mean, sure. Great, I mean, man. we he still take
1: great. all the good stuff that he's come up with. No, I just think I, he he personally had some problems with attraction to his mom. And things yeah, clearly. Like yeah,
2: that. yeah. <laughs> he has some issues. Clearly. To be fair,
1: I think a
0: lot he of
2: people
1: <laughs> Maybe
2: that's why. I'm just saying, you know, like every great mind who is starting off their revolution is going to be called crazy. They're going to be yeah. regarded as ridiculous people who have absurd thought. A few years down the road, not few years, but a couple of centuries, I guess. When was Freud a thing? I, I don't even know. But okay, yeah, a couple of well, centuries probably. down the road, and he's one of the biggest psychologists out there.
1: Agreed. Anyways, besides Freud, I think something really important that maybe people can get from this is Mm -hmm. like, how did you start to realize maybe you need to go get diagnosed? I think it started when I was like 13, which was a very long time
0: ago. It's been almost 10 years. But I only started getting diagnosed when I was 16 or 17 because for the first few years, I thought it was just normal teenage angst that everyone had at the time. But as I grew older, I noticed that like the people around me... (laughs) they were kind of like growing out of it but I still struggled a lot with it and I also realized that my struggles weren't normal as compared to everybody else like people were sad but they didn't want to harm themselves and they didn't think all these awful things about themselves and that's kind of when I realized like oh okay Mm -hmm. maybe this is something a bit deeper than what I initially thought that it was
2: um I think there's a process of like self-discovery, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I did a lot of reading online because it was it was also a lot of anxiety that I experienced. And I was like, oh, I thought it's normal for my heart to want to beat out of my chest every time I wake up in the morning. And I was like, oh, no, it's not. So um, yeah, it was a really big thing. And then it took me a long time to get diagnosed because I don't know about your families, but in my family, it's a really taboo thing. Mental health in general, no one really believes it. No one really thinks that it's an issue, even though countless stories and research
1: papers prove that it's such a big aspect of someone's life. But yeah, it was a very long- uh, A lot of it's like a generation gap as well. Even my parents, if like, If I was going through like a really hard time and I was actually feeling close to having depression for maybe a few years and my parents would be like, oh, but you know, you have everything, you know, you don't, you don't have to like work to put food on the table. We Mm -hmm. do that for you, Mm -hmm. you know, you're so privileged and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I know. And I feel terrible that I still feel this way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course.
2: On the topic of that, I feel like it's so common for people in our parents' generation to disregard mental health issues because like they didn't think about these things when, when they were they, growing. were they were just yeah. thinking about how to find work and how to feed themselves. I mean mm-hmm. yes, that seems like a more challenging task in comparison to what we are going through right now. Mm-hmm. But things change, man. I mean yeah. lifestyles in general. Change completely over time, even though it's only a matter of like 20, 30 years, but like so much has changed.
0: You'd be surprised. This is how modern day is, true true but you'd be surprised at how it's not just a generational gap because trust me when i say i've heard a lot of shit from people our age and even some directed towards me like someone actually told one of my close friends i feel like reina puts on this whole depression thing for attention because it's really not that that hard to just be happy like just exercise and try to sleep properly like she's she's just digging herself her own hole and i was like okay, (laughs) sure. That was quite severe, but a lot of people have said things along those lines to me. And sometimes I get that they they mean well, and I understand that, but there's a difference between choosing to be ignorant and really not understanding. Yeah, and so That's I true. I don't want to attribute it to just a generational thing because I feel like you should just take the initiative to be informed. And it's not just about mental health, I feel like things in general, like if you don't understand it, instead of being so negative and aggressive towards it, just take some time
1: to try to understand the perspective of the other person. To give some benefit to the people who are ignorant, a lot of people will confuse feeling sad with having depression you know Mm -hmm. it's just not the same and you can never really understand that unless you have experienced it yourself or you know someone or you Mm -hmm. have a loved one who has experienced it and then you can finally see up front and close you know how Mm -hmm. severely different it is. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree I agree like but I, I also think that it's not about like having to educate yourself about everything. There are a lot of things that some people just don't understand or won't have to experience themselves. Like for example,
1: Mm.
0: with trans people, Mm. I will never understand what it's like to not be comfortable in my own gender and my own body. You know, I go out there and be like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like you're born with a penis, just have the penis, you know. Mm. Also, people don't realize how damaging it is to say those things. For example, that thing that was that i mentioned earlier that the person said about me if i was like mm. 15 and i heard that i would be devastated because so damaging yeah. i would just be like oh my god like my entire life is a lie and to be fair i it's been 10 years and even sometimes like it's, it's I, I, I sit and think to myself like have i been making this whole thing up in my head just because there's no proof at all like have i just been doing like it's such a damaging cycle
2: what are some of your coping mechanisms when all else fails you know I mean apart from the professional help and reaching out to some friends
0: yeah I would say that throughout every time that I struggle and when I look for an outlet every time that it's something negative I can guarantee you that it almost never makes you feel better you know anything toxic that you can think of I've done it just as a source of outlet and like it just doesn't make you feel better, and at the end of the day, like everyone's gonna ha- want to have that outlet, and that's why you should just try to focus it on better things. So, I started like going out of my comfort zone. and I started joining like dance groups. Um, I started doing pole dancing. Positive
1: outlets. Love.
0: Positive outlets, definitely, and even small things like just going for a walk like mindfulness is also a very very important thing that also something that my therapist really pushed for me mindfulness is so important um download the app headspace that was one of the best thing that's ever happened Ooh, to me. It's
1: space. Okay.
0: <laughs> my mom, my mom is very spiritual and she always used to say like, oh meditate like 10 minutes every day. It helps a lot. I'm like, fuck you, mom. But actually
1: it's so well. <laughs> <small. Wow. laughs> Sorry. I don't, don't show my mom that I love her. <laughs> I know. Yeah, she loves her mom. Your mom is so sweet. I'll do it,
0: I'll do anything for my mom. Like she's the best. Um even my exes are like, oh I hope your mom's okay. <laughs> Okay, I get it.
1: Everyone loves my mom. I get it.
0: Um, but yeah, You're not I mean, just
1: a piece of shit, now.
0: I'm just a fucking piece of shit. I'm not gonna. Probably got it from my dad or something. <laughs> um, um,
2: put it on your
1: dad. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's an angel, but whatever, dad. <laughs> but, yeah, whatever, dad. So just to wrap up all this, like talk about mental health, do you have any general advice for people who are maybe feeling like, you know, they are struggling with their mental health and how to cope, whether it be just in daily life or if you're overseas? Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I think one of the main things I want to say is that don't ever second guess yourself because not everyone would experience it the same way that you do. Not everyone will Take the textbook symptoms for whatever like mental health disorder that you think that you're going through. Um, the other thing is that try to seek professional help as soon as you can. And I know it's so demotivating when you see the entire process of it, and you think whether it's worth it and this and that. And honestly, it's much better to just try rather than not try at all because that was something that really helped me. And if you're overseas. I really recommend just finding at least a comfort zone for yourself, somewhere that you know that you can lean to. I eventually managed to meet a lot of people that I could lean on. I actually put myself out there to try to get professional help as well. And if you're lucky, because my university was really, really good with these kind of things, even though the counselling was like hellish, but Um, you know, once like it was written that, okay, I'm a student that struggles with this and this and this, they were very lenient towards me. They gave me extensions when I needed. They gave me funding for like extra disability things that I needed and that sort of thing. So definitely try to like reach out as much as you can. And don't forget that there are also people back home that are still there for you. They just want to know how you're doing. Like, don't worry Mm. about how they'll be worried or whatever, just it's just more important to be honest with them. Because when I started being honest with the people back home, like it made me feel a lot better.
1: So yeah, that would be my advice. Yeah, I think that's and really help. good advice. So thank you so much for coming on to Zoom with us today.
0: Thank and you so much for having fun. me. Yeah, I had, I had a really, really great time and it was nice to just like talk about some stuff and let my opinions out in like a really chill environment which is nice. Mm. So yeah, thanks a lot guys for having me. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yay,
1: okay.
2: Don't just say that (laughs) though.
0: Say what? what?
2: That you had a lot of fun, it was nice, blah, blah, blah.
0: Nah, she meant it. I mean it. Why would I lie? I just if I if, oh, I, if it was shit, lie. I'd just be like mom this was shit. Like fuck you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you were interested in this episode or any other topics that we've covered before, reach out to us and find out how you can contribute as maybe a host or as a guest maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh till then. Cheers. 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 And bye bye.
0: Bye.